This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. That is the Packet 8 toll-free line for you. That's one 800 259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there, we give them away. Just take them. freetalklive.com. Well, over the weekend, we talked about a case developing right here in New Hampshire. It is the Ed and Elaine Brown tax trial, and it's going on, or was going on, um, as we were doing the show over the weekend, um, it had been put on hold. Because they didn't show up on Friday. And the reason why they didn't show up on Friday was because, well, as uh, Ed himself put it, Ed Brown put it, he thought it was a kangaroo court. He didn't feel like he was getting a fair trial. The judge was allowing them to some extent to bring up their defense, but he wouldn't allow them to actually attack the law itself on a constitutional basis. Again, they're facing charges based on tax avoidance based on conspiracy to commit money laundering, conspiracy to not pay taxes, and a variety of other uh, tax-related charges. And they're facing a number of decades in jail for all of this. And the government is pushing for uh, a jail conviction. They want these people to go to jail in order to make an example out of them, so-called, for all the rest of the people in America that might consider trying to keep all of the money they earned. And so we we brought the story to you over the weekend because rumor had come out that Ed Brown and Elaine Brown were preparing. It's just a rumor. I don't think it's been verified by any anybody, but they were preparing for a, an armed standoff. Essentially, since the prosecution's already gone through with its case, they were expected to take the stand. They were expected to uh, the the defense portion was expected to begin, and they were defending themselves. They don't have counsel. They don't have a lawyer. And they just felt like they were being railroaded. And it's understandable, considering that's what's happened to tax freedom advocates in the, the past couple of years. Larkin Rose, uh, you've got also Irwin Schiff, both of them. Irwin spending time in jail right now. Larkin Rose just released within the past few weeks from his one-year stay. These are two tax freedom advocates who've recently been sentenced to jail. So they've been railroaded. Also, not only in just tax cases, but also in a, a gun-related case that we talked about last week. Guy facing ju- uh, gun charges, not allowed to bring up the Second Amendment in defense. Not allowed to bring up the U.S. Constitution in defense. You can't question these judges, these federal judges, are essentially barring constitutional issues from their courtroom. What they're doing is they're saying, they're ruling, they're saying, well... The Supreme Court and I have determined that this uh, this law that is in question is constitutional. Right. They're saying it's constitutional, so therefore you can't question it. Correct. And so they well, just... But what about the jury? I mean, you would think that the jury should be able to say whether or not something's um, right or wrong, too. You would think, and that's the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be to where the jury can decide on whether or not the law is or is not constitutional. Or whether or not it's constitutional, they can decide whether or not they like it. The jury, it could be a constitutional law, and the jury can say, eh, we don't like that law. Right, because they don't want the American people to have any control over their government. They understand right. that... They um, meaning the people in office today. Correct. They understand that democracy is always going to lead to, you know, the most bland vanilla of, um, you know, people being elected, and people are going to always vote for the one of the two choices that they're, they're given, and so therefore, our system of government is going to perpetuate itself, and 
people don't get to choose what they think about the laws that are passed by our representatives. Exactly right. So now with that uh, in mind, you have an update on the situation with the Brown trial. Because they, they had a day off today. It's Martin Luther King Day, so they didn't actually have a – there was no trial uh, today. But tomorrow, the rumor of the weekend was that they aren't going to show up unless the IRS and the government takes a deal that they've offered. And the deal they've offered is to pay off the cash that the IRS claims it's, that it's they owe. a really great deal for the IRS. I mean, they get 600 thousand dollars yeah. and the Browns get left alone. But rumor is they're not going to take it, um, and if they're not going to take the deal, then the Browns apparently, word is, aren't going to ba- uh, go back to court. And if they don't go back to court, then that probably means that the judge is going to order armed people to come and get them. I would imagine. And um, if they don't want to go back to jail, if they don't want to go to jail, remember, this, these guys are in their 60s. If they don't want to go to jail, that probably means they're not going to go to jail. So if armed men come to get them... And take them back to trial where they'll be going to jail. It's a standoff. There's possibly going to be some violence. I really hope not. Um, Somebody has an opinion. Yeah, this is a blog post from uh, a gentleman named Rick Stanley. um, We had him on the show. This is Rick Stanley? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, you know, I didn't even think about that. Revolutions begin with an idea. A revolutionary idea. Ben Brown had a revolution, excuse me, Ed Brown had a revolutionary idea. He decided not to be involved in a court that would not let him present his defense. Rick Stanley had a revolutionary idea. That's the uh, blogger. He decided to support Ed Brown and suggest the American people come to Plainfield, New Hampshire, and form a wall of American people armed with their firearms and video cameras to protect Ed and Elaine Brown from the tyranny of the government that has over- overthrown America from within. Mm. Two ideas. That seem um, two ideas um, may turn into thousands of ideas. Thousands of ideas may turn into hundreds of thousands of ideas for liberty. Our forefathers are smart, smiling, and I feel it. The American family of liberty is having ideas. Ed Brown can be reached at, and it gives Ed Brown's telephone number. Um, his email address is edward.l.brown at valley.net. Ed Brown had an idea to stand up for liberty. Support him. Call him. Let him know. And send him an email. Um, while he still has service. A standoff has already begun. A standoff for liberty, and you can be part of it. We are calling for Americans to support him in Plainfield, New Hampshire. If you decide to go and support Ed Brown and liberty, send an email to Rick Stanley, um, Rick at Stanley2002.org, and let me know so I can let America know through the scoop. Liberty is a, is a building. Uh, it, liberty is building from an idea. I have another idea. I would like to see Americans go to every courthouse in America on February the 19th, 2007, President's Day, and register your complaint to the government. Take your video cameras, take your firearms, defend your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms, defend yourself and your country. Yeah, well, that's going to stop at the, uh, the entrance to the courthouse. Yeah, it sure is. They're just not going to let anybody in. You can't, go to, you can't go into a courtroom in America with your firearms. I don't think you're going to put a stop right to that. Right probably away. could ever go into a courtroom in America with your firearms. I mean, I don't think that's a liberty that we've necessarily lost. It doesn't seem likely to me that uh, you know there, there was ever a courtroom that we. Could I don't bring. know about that, Mark. I I could imagine that in um, original America. I maybe, could imagine maybe that so. Back in the day, you know, I. So he wants everybody to go and show up with firearms and uh, cameras to do what exactly at, at the courts to just complain. Um, at the at the courts, uh, speak out about the tyranny. Bring your children and grandchildren. Defend the American heritage and birthright of liberty and freedom. Take the day off from work and defend America and educate your children and grandchildren about the obligation for liberty. 
Tell the government what you think of their treason against the Constitution in every way. Stand outside the entrance of all those courtrooms and united and shout out your concerns. Let the government know that they are out of bounds and they have lost the support of the American people because they are not following the tenets of the Constitution. They have lost their authority to govern. The American family of liberty is uniting. Whatever your issue of liberty, let it be made in the name of the Browns on President's Day, February the 19th, 2007. This could be a big idea at every courthouse across America. In the meantime, folks, I have an idea to support Ed and Elaine Brown, either by going to Plainfield, New Hampshire, to protect the Browns, or contact everyone you know um, to end the attack against the Browns. Mm. Um, it goes on to give uh, yeah. more c- contact information. It says, uh, remember the Browns, remember America. Our forefathers are smiling down upon America. Remember their revolution for America. God bless the fighters for liberty and freedom. What do you think? Uh, it scares the crap out of me. The what whole part? <laughs> going going to the Browns mm-hmm. with guns. Now I would, it you know if we were creating a wall of humans between the uh, Fibbies and the Browns, you know I could see doing that. I could see lending my support to it. But, but an armed wall. But an armed wall. Even though Americans have their right to bear arms, mm-hmm. I think that um, especially in today's day and age, carrying a firearm, or, uh, you know, to that location and then. Daring the other armed people, the you know the cops, the uh, BATF, whoever it is, there with their weapons, um, you know, saying I'm an armed American standing for liberty, is a good way to start a war, and a war I'm not ready to fight in. Well, um, hmm. So you would go without a gun, but you, it's the gun. If I go, bugs. if I go with a gun, though, there's going to be or without a gun, there's going to be people there with guns. Who you still get shot. I still get shot. 800-259-9231. Your thoughts on this particular approach. This is your show. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231 is the packet. Eight toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, we give them away. And that does include the bulletin board system. We've got over 165,000, probably over 170,000 posts at this point awaiting you. Lots of different discussions, serious issues, fun stuff. You'll find it all, and it's all for free. At bbs.freetalklive.com, over 1,300 people interacting. That is bbs.freetalklive.com. What's your liberty issue? Is it taxes? Well, register now for the February 2007 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Speakers to include Christopher Gronsky, the New Hampshire coordinator for the We the People Congress, and a taxpayer activism panel, freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. For more information and to get registered, that's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Now, the Browns... Ed and Elaine Brown, the couple we've talked about, uh, talked about over the weekend on the Saturday show. Give you a quick update uh, so far tonight. We don't know if the standoff has begun yet. We don't know if it will happen, but tomorrow we'll, we're going to know a lot more. Tomorrow court is supposed to be back in session, and the Browns are expected to show up for their trial. They didn't show up on Friday, and uh, they've pledged to not show up on Tuesday unless the IRS wants to take their deal. I think there's been a second deal actually offered. There's uh, there's the first deal of, okay, we'll pay you $626,000, IRS, and you can just leave us alone. We'll call it a, we'll call it a day. It'll be over with. That's one deal. And then the second deal is where the government, uh, I guess the judge is supposed to sign some agreement that says he'll allow them to present their defense. Like, they just want to be allowed to go into the courtroom and present their defense to the jury. 
And so though I think those are the two different deals that were on the table. Though we're predicting, when I say we, I mean most of the people watching this case from NHFree.com, we're sort of predicting that uh, neither will be accepted. The feds want what they want, and they're going to get what they want because they have more guns and more people. You know, and I I think the Browns are being very reasonable here. I think that uh, the the options that they've offered the feds seem great to me, and I certainly understand why it is that they wouldn't want to go to a trial where um, they're not being allowed to present their case. Mm -hmm. How it is that they're not going to be allowed to present their case is beyond me. I mean, if they're defending themselves, which you said earlier, um, and they're in a courtroom with a jury, how is it that they're not going to be allowed to present their case? I guess they would be charged with contempt. I, I guess that's I guess that's the the, the option and immediately jailed. Uh, perhaps I, that would be the only way I could think of. Um, if you know better, if you've got more lawyeristic experience, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But um, Rick Stanley is uh, suggesting that uh, people go to uh, the Browns' house on Tuesday. That's tomorrow, and uh, stand there with their firearms and uh, protect. Liberty and freedom. Right. Presuming the Browns decide to stay home and not go to the trial. I think it's an interesting idea. You're a little bit frightened of it. A little bit. I know that, well, I mean, he suggested going with firearms and video cameras. Yeah. And if it's two people that show up, then probably you're not going to be very effective. But if it's 100 people that show up, then I can't see the I can't see the feds massacring a hundred people for just standing outside somebody's property line. You know the feds don't see it that way, and the American public doesn't see it that way, and the press doesn't see it that way. Um, the the American people, because of the the press, mm-hmm. essentially view somebody with a gun as a dangerous felon. Um, I'm sorry, but that's what they think. Um, but how know. could that be? I mean, how could you be painted as a dangerous felon if you're not doing anything dangerously? You're just standing there with firearms. This is—it's a volatile group of um, militia, as far as the uh, as far as the American public is going to be concerned, the, by and large, or at least the media is going to be concerned, and that's what they're going to portray to the American public. And most people are going to eat it like the baby food that it is. So everybody should just stay home and let the Browns perish. I think that everybody should. I think that people should go, but I think that it's now been the whole idea of going has now been tainted because. Um, some people are going to go with firearms, and I personally don't want to be there, um, you know, standing unarmed with a video camera, um, watching the Fibbies while I'm on the same team, as it were, with some armed people. I think that that's very dangerous. The feds are going to consider it a, a threat, a huge threat to their authority and to their lives. Well, they should. Yeah. And they deserve it. I understand that. But I don't want to have the war at the Browns' house tomorrow. I don't want to have the war at all. I want um, the liberty movement to take hold in a peaceful fashion. I mean, it's a it's a peaceful movement. There's nothing right. more peaceful than the liberty movement. Right. Well, I mean, being uh, armed is peaceful. You just you're just not you're not shooting anybody. You're just standing there with guns. I understand that. And in New Hampshire, in New Hampshire, you have the freedom to open carry firearms, so you wouldn't be violating any laws either. Do you think that's going to matter? You, you think when the, the uh, when the press no to the feds or the press when the press gets its um, shot of you know let's let's say there's a hundred people there mm. sound like a good number to you yeah okay that sounds great um there's a hundred people there each of them armed with uh you know something that looks like a semi-automatic rifle or a uh, shotgun um the press is going to put that shot up for five seconds mm-hmm. um, there's going to be people with signs protests and firearms and. All the American people is going to see is an angry armed mob. Okay, and so? they're not going to feel bad that those people, well, those hundred people, all, were the story is not going to get outside of New Hampshire. 
It's just not going to get outside of New Hampshire. Nobody's going to report on this unless there's actually unless some sort of action. Unless what um, Rick Stanley has uh, suggested does happen. Let's go to Bob in South Carolina. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Bob. Uh, hey, guys. Hey. Uh, listen, I just uh, listened to a live interview with Ed Brown on uh, Republic Broadcast. Mm-hmm. And he's resigned to uh, taking a stand and uh, losing his life over this. Uh, he's not going to court tomorrow. So this is – you're absolutely sure this was absolutely an interview with uh, with Ed Brown is what you're – Yes, it, it just happened the previous hour. Huh. Hmm. Yeah, his phone number was in that email, wasn't it? Mark? It was. Yeah, it, we it, should, it is. We should see if we can pull him up while he still has uh, access to a phone. I've and got his yeah, telephone I, number I, right here. Yeah, I think you ought to. Yeah, we'll see if we can do that. What do you think about the idea about uh, having people out in front of their property with uh, with firearms and video cameras? How do you feel about that? I think it's time to take on this government. I mean, I mean violently too. I've had it with him. Well, now he, I don't think Rick Stanley was, uh, Stanley was suggesting being violent towards the government. He was just talking about standing there with firearms. I don't know if he. Well, was what are you going to do I'm when talk- the feds come? I'm talking about if they come in and try to take his property and take him, that they shoot every one of them assholes. I'm sorry about that. You mean the people standing there with the firearms should shoot the feds? Is what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Kill every one of the bastards. I can't say I'd shed a tear if that's actually what ended up happening, but uh, that would be Me pretty either. messy. I mean, that would I'd essentially be the shot heard around the world all over again, wouldn't it? That's right. I'd jump for joy. And if I was anywhere near up there in New Hampshire, I'd be there with them. Yeah. Well, it's easy to you know, it's easy to say, but uh, the question is how many people will actually show up in order uh, to defend these people? Uh, you guys are in New Hampshire, aren't you? We are. Yeah, uh, don't you have quite a constituent of your uh, Free State Project members up there that that could that could stand in on something like that? I believe there are some Free Staters that are planning on doing uh, something. I haven't actually caught up with the updates on the NH3.com forum. I don't know if uh, they are going to be involved in this particular concept. I know that there have been some that have been attending the trial and have been out protesting in favor of the Browns. Um, but I, I'm not sure um, what their response has been to this concept by uh, by Rick Stanley. But we'll certainly let you know. And, Bob, thank you for the call. We appreciate okay. it, sir. 800-259-9231, the toll-free number. That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. A massacre. It, you know, people are going to stand out there with guns. Um, and, you know, whether they're vi- non-violently protesting or not, um, once you have a firearm, you're saying, you know, come on, I'm dangerous. And uh, you're not threatening anybody, though. You're just holding a firearm in defense of your freedoms. I don't think that wh- standing there with a firearm is is a problem, per se. If the feds want to perceive it that way, that's a whole other issue. I want to know what you think, and let's see if we can get this uh, Ed Brown on the phone since we've got his number and see if we can verify these claims. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That is the packet8.net toll-free line for you. And it is Ian here with you. And Mark. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got the Shrine of Female listeners there with dozens and dozens of ladies from around the world that have sent us their validated photo to prove that they listen to the show. See what I mean by going to shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. And does your company have a bunch of unpaid receivables just sitting out there? Well, try SACL CAI. They do collections in a whole new way. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. They record every customer interaction, so you can check their work. And SACL CII 
Let them handle any or all of your accounts receivable needs. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. That's 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. We are catching up and uh, learning more about the uh, Brown case. Ed and Elaine Brown, couple uh, nice old couple as far as I can tell. I don't know them personally, but they look like a nice old couple. She's a popular dentist in Plainfield, New Hampshire, and uh, you don't get to be a popular dentist by being mean to people, I don't think. Anyway, they um, had been going about their business for over a decade and uh, keeping all the money that they earned because they believe that it's theirs, as many Americans, I think, would like to do. They actually did it. They actually had the courage to stand up against the federal government. And just keep the money they earned. They apparently had tried to get in touch with the IRS a few times to have a talk with them about it to see if perhaps the IRS would actually show them the laws that require them to pay the income taxes. The IRS apparently never bothered to get in touch with them. And now, after a decade or so, the IRS has finally brought the Browns up on charges. And all throughout last week, they were in a courtroom in Concord, New Hampshire, a federal courtroom facing a variety of tax evasion charges, also conspiracy to commit money laundering, a a couple other conspiracy charges as well. And the judge would not allow them to bring up constitutional issues in the courtroom. He wouldn't allow them to challenge the law itself. The judge essentially ruled and said, okay, well, this law, that is the the tax law, this law is constitutional, and uh, you shan't be challenging it here in this courtroom which, of course, was critical to the case that the Browns wanted to make in front of the jury. And so, essentially, they've thrown up their hands. Uh, Ed Brown and his wife have decided they don't want to go to jail, and the government does want them to go to jail. And since um, the government won't allow them to present the case that they want, nor will the government make uh, make a deal with them, they won't accept their offer which is their offer was to pay the $626,000 that they so-called owe. Since the government doesn't want any of that, they want to see them go to jail. The Browns don't want to go to jail. They don't want to die in jail, which they would do because they would get decades. They'd be sentenced to decades, and they're in their 60s. Right. Um, now, in, in the IRS's defense, it did, uh, they did claim that they sent a certified letter that was refused to the Browns. But um, even if that was the case, I still think the Browns should be able to br- bring up whatever it is that they want to bring yep. up in their own trial. I mean, I it's agree. their trial. But they're not going to be allowed, and so essentially at this point, rumors, uh, unconfirmed rumors that Ed Brown is essentially saying he is going to um, have an armed standoff at his home in Plainfield, New Hampshire, which could happen as early as tomorrow. There was no trial today because of Martin Luther King, the Martin Luther King holiday for the feds. But tomorrow they're, they're expected to be back in the courtroom if they don't show up, and it's expected that they won't, then you can bet that judge is going to send some armed people after them. And in fact, here's an update from the NHree.com forum, a, p- a post from William Miller, allegedly, a U.S. Constitution Ranger, which is the m- militia group that Ed Brown is in charge of. Hmm. So this is allegedly a friend of Ed's. He says, let's see here, Attorney U.S. Attorney William Morse approximately told at uh, 5 p.m. today, January 15th, that Ed Brown... No deal. So Ed Brown had offered a few options to the feds, again, paying the $626,000, or you give me a, a, you know my right to a, a fair trial. Let me make my defense. Attorney said, nope, neither one. Yeah. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. 
Morse uh, demands that Brown and his wife do jail time for the fabricated crimes for w- uh, with which they're charged and therefore lose everything that they've worked so hard to gain. Brown was homeless for five years before becoming a successful businessman the old-fashioned American way, and no IRS, welfare agency, or anyone else helped him climb up out of it. That is unacceptable, says William Miller. The Browns must not and will not concede to being taken alive to go to jail. He says, essentially, this is war, and I am not being the least bit rhetorical here. We will coordinate in such fashion as to ensure that those who seek only peaceful protest remain clear of physical danger, unless the feds or whoever decide to make war upon peaceful demonstrators, which we you know, ra- rangers cannot account for. This attorney, uh, attorney general, what's his name? The attorney William Morse. Um, and this is the guy that's, uh, you know, heading assistant the, U.S. attorney. Yeah, heading the case against uh, the Browns. You know, the Browns have said we'll pay the money. Six hundred thousand dollars. We'll come back to court if you'll let us present the defense we want to present. Um, And those are your your options. Um, This guy says, no, you will participate in our kangaroo court Mm -hmm. or and you'll go to jail. Yeah. And you're going to go to jail for the rest of your lives or we're going to send an armed team out to extract you. He didn't say that. But that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. Now, you know, the fact is he's willing to put this. It's not him. He's not going out there with a bayonet affixed to his uh, M1 Garand He's to, um, in order to get the Browns. He's going to send, you know, there's, there's going to be cops the that thugs. go. And the thugs. The enforcers. These people have families. They have children. They have wives. Um, people that are going to mourn them when they're gone. You mean and the cops? The cops. I mean, when the cops are gone, yes, if they get killed. If 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 I mean, what I'm saying is, is if you're sending these armed cops out there into this situation, um, it's going to be dangerous for them. It's going to be dangerous for the people that are standing there, and it's it's just going to be a really terrible situation. And all the Browns want is to present whatever evidence they want to present at mm-hmm. their own trial. If it's a kangaroo court and you guys have a control of this, then go ahead and let them. But they don't. There's definitely a tragedy brewing here. They know that if the American people heard some of the things that the Browns say, that it could be, could be dangerous for them. Now, Rick Stanley um, had suggested in an email earlier that there be an armed uh, line of people standing out in front of the Browns' Plainfield residence tomorrow. Now, that's an idea that makes you pretty nervous. But apparently, either the Free Staters haven't heard about this, and they don't know that that's going to happen, or they do and they don't care, but um, according to the forum at NHFree.com, it looks like Russell Canning and his wife Kat will be in attendance. They will be unarmed. Uh, Lauren Canario also will be heading out there. I'm not sure as to her armed status, Uh, but there are going to be apparently a number of free staters that will be heading out there tomorrow. So we will give you the updates uh, as they continue to roll in. We need to go to the phones to Coffee in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hi, guys. Hey, Coffee. What's on your mind? Is he in New Hampshire, Rick Stanley? No, yes. he's not. Oh, Rick Stanley, I'm sorry. He, he is not or is? Uh, to my knowledge, he is not. Okay, because he's from Illinois, where I'm at, and I've spoken with him on the phone. Right. Uh, so is he going to make an appearance in New Hampshire? Or? I don't know. He didn't. It didn't sound like it. It sounded like that was just his idea. Okay. So well, it's, it's a lot of tough talk, but you know, the question is, will anybody actually do anything? Just a little background on what little I know about him is he made an unsuccessful bid for Congress back in 2002. Uh, he believes the Second Amendment's all we need to to carry openly. He's been arrested a couple of times in his home. Right. Uh, he was actually arrested for carrying openly, uh, for carrying a firearm 
at an event. He had told everybody in advance that he was going to be doing it, and uh, and he was arrested. And then his it just his case just descended into just this insanity where the government just kept rearresting him and harassing him. And we actually had him on the show, and his his interview is archived on our guest page at freetalklive.com. I tried to keep touch with his other friend uh, Rick, and I can't remember his last name. The columnist who's very good in Chicago is uh, kept us updated to everything while Rick was in jail. But let me tell you what my fear is, and I've I've uh, discussed this with a couple of people on the BBS. Is we've got a nonviolent movement going here, and although Rick Stanley's never fired a shot, I'm awful afraid that we're going to get our name tied in with violence if we start saying "show up armed, show up armed." I'm afraid something stupid's going to happen. And that, that's no disrespect for the people in New Hampshire. I don't mean it that way. It's that if I, I don't know if Rick Stanley's a member of the Free State Project. No, he or is not. not. Okay. Well, I, I'm really I'm behind the Browns, and I would certainly throw myself on the sword when the time came. But I think to show up armed to something like that is really a dumb idea. That's just my opinion. No, very good. That seems to be uh, the prevailing opinion so far, at least between you and Mark. I'm not sure how I feel about it. I feel like we should be able to bear arms. I feel like you can in New Hampshire. And if you're not initiating the aggression, it seems to be okay to me. Coffee, thanks for the call. More on the way. This is your show, Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give all the features away there. Those are the radio talk show hosts. They want to charge you for their websites, and we do it for free. You can enjoy it on us, though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by, for instance, buying some things like Free Talk Live merchandise. We've got the Free Talk Live branded hats, uh, hats and T-shirts as well. Also, classic archive DVD sets, plus the Free Marketeer flag and more. You'll find it all at store.freetalklive.com. That's store.freetalklive.com. Great way to get some cool stuff. And help support Free Talk Live all at the same time. Store.freetalklive.com. So, still discussing the Ed Brown case. Ed and Elaine Brown facing possible execution at the hands of the state at this point. Uh, because they don't want to go back to their trial. And I don't blame them. And they're being railroaded. And it's a scam. It's a kangaroo court, as Ed Brown himself put it. They're not allowing them to bring up the defense that they would like to bring up. And they tried to make a deal with the prosecutor. Prosecutors want to hear anything about it. They want what they want, and that is jail time for the Browns. And the jail time they're looking at for the federal conspiracy charges that they're facing is decades. These are people who are in their 60s, and as you put it over the weekend, that's a death sentence. It really is. I mean, they're not getting out. Yeah, you're going to die in jail, Ed and Elaine, and they know it. They know it, and he, I think he said he went to jail when he, er, earlier in his life for some youthful indiscretion, and he vowed to himself that he would never again go to jail and he doesn't want to go and i don't blame him for uh not wanting to be there that's an awful awful place and jail should be reserved for people doing violence or committing fraud on others neither of which the browns have done they haven't committed fraud they kept the money they earned and they haven't been violent towards anyone when they were were arrested the first time it, they went without incident and the reason they went without incident when they were originally arrested was because they thought they'd have a chance at going to trial and having a fair trial. Right. They just want to present their case at trial. And, you know, that much is it, it's obvious, um, and they're not going to be allowed to. Now, in the Ruby Ridge case, 
they went and they killed uh, Randy Weaver and his family because he didn't go to trial. I guess he didn't go at all. I'm not too familiar with the, with the, exactly how that case panned out. But when you don't go into a courtroom, the government gets awfully angry. Yeah, they don't like that crap. When Russell Canning didn't show up for his court trial, one of our friends here in New Hampshire, they came to his house, they kicked in his door, and they arrested him and dragged him to court. Now, Russell is a nonviolent individual. He didn't resist them at all. He allowed them to drag him right into the courtroom. He would never have considered fighting back. And Russell's going to be heading out to the Browns residence uh, tomorrow morning in order to, I guess, ascertain what's going on, stand up for his freedoms. I don't think that uh, Russell's going to get involved in any sort of a firefight. But there are people that are talking about going out there with weapons and standing around the Browns' property. And you uh, you get scared by that idea. Coffee called in a few moments ago. He said he was frightened by that idea because it would make all of us so-called look bad. Well, imagine the Kent State Massacre. Um, it's called the Kent State Massacre because, you know, they fired on a group of college students and they killed several of them. I can't remember. Unarmed college students. Unarmed co- college students. Imagine right. if those college students, some of them, had guns. Mm-hmm. Do you think it would have been called the Kent State Massacre? Because I don't think it would have been. I, I think know. it would have been just another situation like Ruby Ridge and Waco that very, very, very few Americans care about. You think? It's, it was named, it was labeled Kent State Massacre by a journalist. Okay? Somebody yeah. in the journalistic establishment. This is not going to be labeled that way. If they, now, if everybody went out there unarmed, fine. Um, I'm sure that that would be the case. If there was a wall of 500 unarmed people that were concerned with liberty um, for Ed and Elaine Brown, man, that would be news. Not bloody likely, though. Not bloody likely. You don't think it would be news? No, it's not likely it would ever happen. 500 people? That's a lot of people. Don't think it would happen. I'm just just saying. I I think you could get a heck of a lot. I'm not going tomorrow. I'm petrified. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go there and get shot over this situation. Um, Well, yeah, we couldn't report on anything if we got shot. Absolutely true, but but I would have suggested to you off air that we um you know take the pick up the show and broadcast from there tomorrow Mm -hmm. if it hadn't been for this suggestion. But then what would you have done if people had showed up with guns? Would you have left? I don't know what I would have done, but um you know in this case I know that they're going to show up with guns, (sighs) or I believe that they will. I don't. uh, I think that if they've got guns and there's cameras, I don't think that the feds are going to take them out. I mean, unless they start shooting at the feds. If they shoot at the feds, then the it's other, all out war. And, and that's they. That, you know, what you're saying is if one person with a gun out there, and I'm sorry, I don't trust every libertarian in the world not to fire at the fibbies. You heard how um, upset um, the, the gentleman... These people aren't necessarily libertarians, by the way. There's something like that. They're, they believe in the Constitution. They don't believe in uh, taxes. There are a lot of so-called constitutionalists involved in this um, the whole thing we're talking about. Well, uh, it's 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 a sim- they're they're um, fighting for a similar concept yes um, in this particular instance okay and you know these guys I don't trust them not to uh, mm-hmm. fire the first shot and if they and if they do fire the first shot then everybody with a gun is on their on their team essentially uh, like if one if there's a hundred people with guns and one person fires then do all hundred become targets if there's um if there's ten guys with guns and there's five hundred people then every all five hundred of those people is are on those ten guys team. I'm sorry. That's the way the feds are going to see it. That's the way the press is going to see it. And, um, you know, when, when all those bodies, you know, are baking in the sun, mm-hmm. then, you know, that's just the way it's going to be. 
What do you think would happen at that point, though? I mean, just I'm just trying to imagine this whole scenario and how it could play out. I mean, if people, um, if people like Bob in South Carolina who called in this hour, who was talking real tough. I mean, he was saying that well, if he was in New Hampshire, he'd go out there with his guns, and he thinks it's time to to turn on the war with these feds. He's sick and tired of it. So it's easy to talk tough, but it's tough to actually do something. So if people like Bob show up and they actually do get into some sort of an armed conflict with the feds, then what happens? Then what happens? Because then you're not dealing with you're not dealing with a situation like Waco, where you've got a group of religious people all holed up in the same compound together, right. uh, and they're just being sieged by the federal government, attacked and uh, burned out and killed by the feds. You're talking about people um, coming together from probably mostly in New England, but from around the, the country and around the area, and gathering together in one place to stand up for the freedom of two individuals who are having their liberty threatened. Would that change the perspective of the news crews? Would that change the perspective of the coverage at all? Or would they manage to blanket it, uh, to cover it in the same way as, as they covered uh, the Waco incident? You know, these are a bunch of kooky militia cra- uh, crackpots standing up against our beloved government. How dare they? Who do these people think they are? Or would that sort of activate uh, a bunch of people in America? Would that clue people in to the fact that this government is out of control? It is, I mean, it's Waco all over again, but worse. Because the people that are getting together, if this happens, the people that would be getting together wouldn't know each other. I mean, maybe some would know one another, but uh, most of them would be just coming together for the common purpose of defending freedom. Would any of that be echoed in the press, or would it all be glossed over, and would it, would it just be reported as, another crackpot militia group has holed up in Plainfield, New Hampshire today, and uh, we're bringing to you live footage of them being slaughtered by the feds? Well, you can believe that if there was footage of them being slaughtered, that that's going to definitely make the news. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's big deal, especially Americans getting killed by, um, you know, Americans. But how they spin it, um, you know, there's many, there's people listening to this broadcast right now that are, uh, you know, believe completely that the uh, people at Waco were right, that the people at Ruby Ridge were right, that um, the, the the feds, you mean? No, the the the, the people that were slaughtered. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got I've got my questions about um, all these incidents. I don't think any of them. Uh, they certainly didn't deserve what ha- uh, what happened to them. I, I would agree entirely. And the federal government was out of control and, in those instances. And Ruby Ridge, I think that they were a little bit, um, you know, they they were a little more righteous than they were at Waco. But um, you know, they they're they're adept at this. Uh, you know, uh, there are people listening to this uh, show that believe that Timothy McVeigh um, was righteous in blowing up that building, and more so today because it's you know they're they're upset and they're frustrated about uh, the way things people, are going. People. What, you think people listen to this show believe that? I don't know. I about think some that. people definitely do. I don't think it's ever right to blow up a building full of uh, children. I mean, the, the building wasn't full of children. The Oklahoma City uh, bombing. It, there, there were there, children in that. There building. There certainly were children in the building, but it's you act like that was the only. Th- um, you know, the, it was a building full of children. I've no, never it once a heard anybody uh, call this show making those suggestions. What makes you believe that there are people out there that think that was right? I just, I'm just telling you. I don't want you, you to th- label our audience that, that I'm way. I'm not Mark. labeling our audience. I said there are people, and there's no way you can label an audience. It's a bunch of different okay. people. I'm just telling you that I believe that people think that. Okay, possibly. I think that Timothy McVeigh act, acted in the wrong manner, but he was angry with the BATF, mm-hmm. and he wanted to strike back against the BATF, and he did. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the packet eight toll free line for you. 
Your thoughts on the Ed Brown trial? I think we about tapped out with any updates unless something breaks. We'll clue you in. On the way, we'll talk about getting a state out of your head and whatever's on your mind if you take control of the airwaves. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. If there's an armed conflict tomorrow, what will America think? This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231 is the packet 8 toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, we give them away. That's freetalklive.com. On the way, getting the state out of your head, some interesting tips and how to do it. That's right, they've invaded your brain. And we'll explain how to uh, eject them. But first we go to the phones to Gene, the Christian anarchist. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hi, I wanted to talk to you about the income taxes since you're on that thread. All righty. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to uh, um, say that I know a lawyer, and he's a small-town lawyer, and he is old. He's about, well, he's older than me, so I'd say he's about in his 60s. Okay. But he has been waiting his entire life for the revolution to start in this country. And he said his biggest fear was that it was going to, uh, he'd be too old by the time it showed up. This, I don't know if this could be the thing that could start the revolution in this country. It certainly is a possibility. It would be something like this. I kind of expected something during now, Irwin's just Irwin's to, just to recap, trial. Just to recap, you're talking about Ed and Elaine Brown, for those just tuning in. They are possibly going to be involved in an armed standoff as of tomorrow with the federal government here in New Hampshire because the feds refuse to allow them to uh, to present the case that they want to uh, present at their court trial, which they skipped on Friday because they don't feel like they're getting a fair trial. So they, there may be an armed standoff. You're saying that this could uh, kickstart the revolution. That is, when you say this, Gene, are you referring to a massacre or what exactly? Either way a massacre or a standoff in which, I mean, it's going to wind up a massacre one way or the other. I mean, it is a suicide gesture, but the suicide gesture could wind up inflaming enough people that perhaps the revolution will will start because everybody talks uh, this peaceful talk and say, oh, gosh, you know, we hope for a peaceful resolution to our oppressive government and all this stuff. Oppressive governments have never responded to a peaceful revolution. I'm sorry, historically, you will not find that. At least I certainly don't know of any instance where an oppressive government responded to a peaceful uh, protest and decided, okay, we'll stop being oppressive now because we don't want anything nasty to happen. It's never happened, and I don't expect it to happen with this government until there is a revolution and in the revolution of 1776 and most people forget that it was a revolution there was a small percentage of the people involved it wasn't initially a lot of people involved in that thing it was a small group that decided they'd had enough of the redcoats and now the redcoats look pretty darn good compared to the feds Mm. and i would say that it might be this instance it could be this that would start it it could be something but eventually Every government has fallen, and people don't like to think about that when they think about the U.S. of A because they, they've fallen into this 
government worship situation it's where true, our government but, is supposedly to be worshipped. But that's many governments, while many governments uh, have fallen, they've also fallen very quickly. So if you believe that this would be the start of the revolution, Gene, what do you think would happen after this? That I don't know. I would hope that enough people have learned about freedom that they'll be able to pick up the pieces and start small communities that would be interested in promoting freedom, and then you will have your little one community uh, competing against another community, and the freest communities are going to wind up with the best commerce. They're going to wind up with the best situations, and people are going to want to move there, just like New Hampshire. And, uh, you know, it, it's probably not going to be a pretty situation. Re- revolutions never are. Hmm. Um, but uh, this, I just brought up this lawyer because... It kind of shocked me when he told me this. I didn't expect it from this little old guy to say, you know, the kind of things that he said. But it's just to show that there's a lot of people that are in on the sidelines waiting for something to happen. They're fed up and waiting for the spark. And I don't know if this could be it or not. The feds are going to be pretty stupid if they uh, storm in there and just burn everybody out like they did in Waco. But feds are known for being stupid. Yeah, I mean they don't they don't think about things before they do them. They just want to put people in prison cells, and uh, they know that uh, armed force is how to do it. And so I expect we're going to see something uh, pretty nasty if these people don't show up to court tomorrow. Which is, from what we're hearing, uh, we haven't actually heard directly from the source at this point. Ed Brown is not answering his phone, and there's no voicemail. So we've uh, we've sent him an email to try and get in touch and see what's going on. But at this point, just, rumor is they are going to stand off. They're going to stand well, you, to the death, perhaps. You know what? What will probably happen is what happened with the Baptist church in wherever it was. That The first thing that Bush took over when, when he got became president was they, they seized that Baptist church where they wouldn't pay their income taxes or they mm-hmm. wouldn't withhold income taxes. And the people were holding out a 24-hour Virgil in that church. The Fed said, well, we're going to come in and take the church. And they didn't do it. And then they did, you know, and it went a month, it went to two months or something like that. And mm-hmm. then the people started petering out. And the Virgil, you know, instead of being 100 people there, there was the, only the five vigil, or ten. The Vigil, And then when, it, when the numbers got down real low, that's when the feds made their move. They didn't move right away. They waited until the people, they played the waiting game, got the numbers down. Then they made their move and there wasn't anybody there, you know. And they Great may point. do the same thing with them. Maybe. Great uh, great point. And, Gene, thanks for checking in. We appreciate hearing from you, as always, sir. 800-259-9231. Only time's going to tell uh, what's going to end up happening to Ed and Elaine Brown. But I see where where Gene's coming from on that. They didn't raid Waco the first day either. How many days did that last for? Uh, until the point where they actually went in and tried burning them out and, and kill, killing those people, there was a number of days beforehand. Well, if the feds are going to go in um, on Ed and Elaine Brown, the smart thing to do, and I hope that they've learned um, you know, something from their mistakes in the past, is mm-hmm. would be to not even show up at their house on Tuesday or and Wednesday or Thursday. And just come get them in a couple of weeks when everybody's gone away. When, every, when no one's standing there waiting no one's to gonna defend be, them. No one's going to stand there for more for than 72 hours. You're right. I'm sorry. You're right. And then they're, they're going to be defenseless. What are they gonna, I mean, you know, they, they probably have a, what, a five-bedroom, three-bath home, tops? They, I, I'm pretty sure they've got a nice home, but yeah. Yeah, so I understand it's a nice home. I mean, she's a dentist. She probably has a pretty nice home. Right. She can't house 100 people. What are they no. going to let them do? Camp out on the lawn? Do you want to camp on her lawn for no. a week? No, I, I don't either. Do. I mean, I've got a nice, comfortable bed, and I got a business to take care of. That's the only trick with getting liber- uh, libertarians to uh, to back you up. They're usually busy, like they're usually out doing things. It's easy to get a bunch of greenies to show up at a protest. They're doing nothing with their day. 
Right, the Thranbo children or whatever. Right, so it'll be interesting to see what happens here. We'll uh, let you know as it develops. 1-800-259-9231 is the toll-free number to strike the root. And uh, Kevin Van Horn, and probably one of the most interesting articles that I've seen in a long time. He uh, starts out by talking about how the uh, 200 years ago, the leading criminal organizations of Europe invented an audacious new scam. They'd already bamboozled the majority of their victims into believing their criminal activities were somehow essential to the stable functioning of society. Now they took it one step further. They began promoting the idea that not only did their victims need them, but that each of these crime rings was, in some mystical fashion, the very embodiment of the society on which it preyed. Two very distinct concepts were merged into one, a nation uh, and the state. And a nation he defines as the body of people sharing a common culture and the state an organization that has a monopoly on the legitimized use of force within a given territory. Thus, the nation-state was born, and thus was the natural affection for one's own culture and people transformed into a perverse loyalty of the victim towards his abuser. And then he goes on, Now I'll direct my comments specifically to American libertarians and our particular struggle for freedom. One of the most important messages that we American libertarians can convey to our fellow countrymen, and one we've done a pretty poor job of articulating, is that the United States is not America. And it's an interesting perspective that we're going to explore a little bit more here. And I think I have sort of, I had sort of come to this realization, but I had yet to really fully internalize it. I'd yet to see it, seen it uh, laid out, yet to see it laid out in front of me in such a cl- crystal clear way as uh, Mr. Van Horn does here. The idea is simple. The United States is not America. As he'll go on to explain, the United States is the government, and America is the plot of land with people living in it. But people confuse the two. People use the terms interchangeably. I certainly do. Yeah, and I've been guilty of it as well. And as you'll see, language is very important. Language is powerful. Words are tools. And you have to be very careful which words you choose. George Orwell, uh, as he'll cite, was uh, very keen on which words you choose to communicate with others. And so we're going to talk about perhaps replacing some of your vocabulary, or at least taking a close look at it and analyzing the way you speak. Because you might be, like me, guilty of what Mr. Van Horn's going to go into. We'll explain. Coming up, it's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. It is the packet 8 toll-free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Get signed up for the updates. Whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show, you'll know first if you're on the updates list. And you can get on it for free by going to updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Talking about language. Talking about the words that you use, sometimes without even thinking. And how it is that words can be very, very powerful. In fact, powerful not only on the people you're speaking with, but also on you and your mindset and the way you think about liberty. And uh, Kevin Van Horn over at... Strike the Root, it's uh, strike-the-root.com is the website. He's talking about this. He says the mindset, he points out that Americans need to realize that the United States is not America. And then he he explains, the mindset that equates these two is firmly established in our country. Ask the man on the street about the American space program, and he'll think of NASA. But not of private enterprises such as uh, scaled composites, Blue Origin, or Bigelow uh, Aerospace. 
Ask him about the American education system, and he'll think of the government schools, but not of homeschooling or private schools. Criticize the United States too strongly, and he'll respond with a non-sequitur, America, love it or leave it. Oppose U.S. military action and foreign policy, and he'll denounce you as anti-American. We've heard people make these claims on our airwaves. This, uh, the American anti-war movement constantly shoots itself in the foot by confusing the United States with America. They write what America is doing in Iraq, or what we are doing in Iraq, instead of what the United States is doing. And I, again, I've sort of picked up on this, and I've tried to, uh, to replace my language, but I haven't really seen it out, uh, laid out like this guy's laying it out. Uh, like, for instance, this weekend, I think we were talking with somebody on the phone who said, we are the government. And I said, whoa, whoa, I'm not the government. How could you include me in that? I'm not a, a member of this uh, a, armed, uh, gang of armed bandits that goes around doing whatever they want to people. That's not me. Anyway, he says, uh, such language only plays into the hands of the warmongers who can then accuse the war dissidents of blaming America first. Well, worst of all, even many libertarians can't seem to distinguish the United States from America. So let's look at some phrases and statements written by various prominent hardcore libertarians, people like me. He says, who shall remain anonymous? And here they are. America's real war aims. American foreign policy. America's policy towards terrorism. America's constitution. America is a constitutional republic. America itself has no war aims, policy, nor constitution of any sort. It's not a monarchy, a democracy, nor a republic. It's not a single organization at all. It is arguably not even a single nation. In each of the above quotes, the writer helps to further statist mental domination of the American people by erasing the distinction between America and the United States. Some more examples. The anti-American insurgency in Iraq. This nation has no right to invade Iraq. America was fighting an illegal, undeclared war in Southeast Asia. The Iraqi insurgents want the United States out of their country. And that makes them anti-United States, but not anti-American. And that's a point we've made, but uh, in a a few more words on this show, and that is that people around the world love things that are American. They love Hollywood movies. They love to drink Pepsi. They love, you know, you can name the cultural things that come out of America that people around the world really enjoy. All kinds of fashion and music and movies and things like that. Right. But something they hate is the violence that the U.S. federal government brings to them in the form of, well, the military and taxes and imports and tariffs, excise taxes, mandates, trade restrictions, travel restrictions in the form of the TSA. The, the world hates the United States government, not America. Anyway, here's some more examples. Uh, let's see. Oh, he says it was the United States that fought the war in Vietnam and invaded Iraq, not America. No American other than, uh, other than officials of the United States had any say in either matter. Nations don't fight wars. Organizations, mostly states, do. Our 40-odd chief executives, our sitting president, our federal budget... It makes no sense to call the President of the United States our President when neither the writer nor most of his readers are officials or employees of that organization. Who outside of Microsoft would refer to Steve Ballmer as our President? Likewise, the federal budget isn't our budget. 
mine, yours, or that of the American people as a whole. It's not a plan for how we are proposing to spend our money. It's a plan for how the United States proposes to spend its pilfered funds. More examples. We've been murdering people's children. We've been murdering people's children and distorting the survivors' lives in the Middle East for almost a century. The Germans and Japanese whose cities we flattened and burned to rubble in 44 and 45. Libertarians are supposed to be individualists. But these two uh, statements erase not only the distinction between the United States and America, but also between the state and the individual. They also relieve the guilty from personal responsibility for their crimes by spreading the guilt across the whole American populace. Hmm. We didn't drop bombs on Nagasaki and Hiroshima. The United States government did. And the people working for them. It gets worse, though, says Mr. Van Horn. The writer who mentioned flattening German and Japanese cities was actually approving of those crimes. That writer fails to distinguish the German and Japanese governments of the early 1940s from the unfortunates who lived under their rule, and so would punish the criminal by killing the criminal's other victims. Which, of course, is the ultimate tragedy in war, where innocent people perish because two governments want to duke it out between one another. Well, you know, I've said many times on this air that I think it would be a really great idea if politicians um, had to fight their own wars. Deathmatch. Yeah. Politi- uh, political deathmatch. I It'd love it. It'd be great. These Sell tickets. Mental, Make some money. Van Horde continues. Mental liberation. All of this is more pe- uh, more than mere pedantry about proposed or proper word usage. As Orwell and various linguists have pointed out, vocabulary shapes thought, and statist language promotes a statist mindset. We can't hope to make significant progress in combating the state's power as long as it still has a foothold in our own heads. We must uproot the tendrils of state influence from our own minds, and to do this, we must also uproot its hidden propaganda from our own speech. This issue of nation versus state is of critical importance to the freedom struggle. I've mentioned before that I'm organizing a workshop on non-electoral, blah, 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 blah. He says we must get the state out of our own heads and then out of our fellow countrymen's heads. This is a simple message that we need to communicate. The United States is not America. It's simply one organization among many within the American nation. Above all, the United States is not us. It's them. 1-800-259-9231, your thoughts. On the language that you use, inadvertently, on a daily basis... I can see some value to it, and then um, to some extent I'm kind of like, eh, you know, what difference does it make? It makes a big difference, and I understand completely where he's coming from. And I would like to resolve to uh, to do better than I have in the past at separating those two and not using terms like we or our because I wasn't involved in the war when, in Iraq. But when I say – when I distinguish between – in my speech between America and the United States – that doesn't mean that someone distinguishes in their listening between America and the United States. It when may give I them say, the opportunity to ask, hey, why are you saying that? Chances are very good, just like you said, um, when people talk about the American space program, they're going to think NASA. And they're not. They're only going to distinguish. They're, they're not going to distinguish in their listening. Either so way. So what you have to say is the American government or the United States government. Mm, I agree. But either way, saying, uh, getting different words into your head is very important. Because that will come off, uh, it, it'll, it'll affect how you come off towards other people. More on the way, it's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number. That's 800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We've got a wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com. We'll get you to it. There are a lot of pages there, over 900 of them, created by listeners like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website, wiki.freetalklive.com. WIKI.freetalklive.com. Get registered now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. February 23rd through the 25th, meet libertarian superstars like John Stossel, Michael Badnarik, and many more. The most influential libertarians in America will be there. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum for more information to get registered. That's freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. As we go to the phones, let's talk to Kurt in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Hey, hey doing great, Kurt. You're on the amplifier line. What's on your mind, sir? Well, first, before I get to my, my actual point... Are you on a speakerphone? Like wait, wait, wait. Are you on a speakerphone before yeah. we go any further? In a small room. I got, in order to be able to be heard, I'll get off the speakerphone. Okay. Uh, Kurt in Michigan, getting off the speakerphone. I kind of, one, of the, one of the things I kind of want to say is that... Um, so much better. Atheist versus agnostic, okay. which is something you had spoke about earlier uh, on the podcast I was listening to. And you referred to agnostics as atheists who just didn't go all the way yet. Yeah, and, yeah. Agnostics um, are people that essentially don't take a position on uh, whether or not they believe in God. And it, there's a bit of a clash between, I think, agnostics and atheists um, to some extent, because it, the differences between the two apparently can't be reconciled. Because uh, uh, there was a, a thread over at nhfree.com about this, just a completely off-topic, not related to New Hampshire at all, but just an atheist thread where atheists and agnostics were sort of going back and forth. Um, and essentially the agnostics' position was that, well, you atheists, you're believers. You, you have faith that no, God ex- uh, that no God exists. And to well, me, that's I, an absurd I claim. It, I put it a little different way. What I say is I put atheists and, and, and theists in the same boat because they're willing to say something and draw a conclusion where a conclusion cannot be drawn. You know, whereas a Christian will say there is a God, an atheist will say there is not a God. But my contention, I, I, I see what you're saying, but my contention is that it's, it's a natural conclusion. It's a conclusion based on the claim of the Christians, and that is that um, by birth, by nature... An individual is an atheist. An individual doesn't believe in a god. He hasn't ever come across the concept of a god to even possibly believe in. People believe in gods because mommy and daddy at one point told them that they should. They told them about this concept called God. And so when presented with this idea, atheists simply say, oh, that's silly. There's no God. There's no evidence for a god. If you say that it's a natural state, then how come all cultures have gods? There is no evidence. But my, my conclusion is that they're, they're, what they say and what you say has equal, to me, equal amount of, of uh, odds of being right. And the only real answer is, I don't know. I don't know if there's a God. I don't know what happens when you die. I don't know how we got here. Wait a minute. You're saying that Christians and atheists, their claims are equally, the, the, the chances are equal that they're correct? All I'm, what I'm saying is that whatever it is, we probably cannot conceive of it. And mm-hmm. just because a billion people thought the earth was flat, doesn't mean the earth was ever flat. What is, is, and what we believe doesn't matter. 
because what is is. Right, but we believe what we believe based on evidence that has been ascertained through the, you know, the scientific process, essentially. I mean, you can make all sorts of outrageous claims. I could claim that there's an invisible boogeyman standing behind you right now, um, Mike, and or Kurt, rather. I could claim there's an invisible boogeyman standing behind you, and the burden of proof is on me to prove that that invisible boogeyman is there. I and agree with you. But you the, the you don't I'm become a believer. You don't become faithful because you say, that's absurd. Because when I make the claim, you say, well, that's absurd. There's no boogeyman there. Prove it. That doesn't make you right. a believer or faithful at all. Right. I, I, agree. I agree with you in, in so far. As, but I still think that we can't know the answer, at least in our lifetime. So my answer to all those questions is I don't know. But, but anyway, getting on to what I was calling about, uh, this I, I have a... a uh, an article out of today's Detroit Free Press. Uh, that would be Monday, January 15, 2007. Mm-hmm. The byline is uh, uh, Brian Dickinson. And the headline is, Adultery Could Mean Life, Court Finds. I've actually, got, I've actually got the story right here, um, as a matter of yes. fact. Rather than have you read it over the phone, did you have any comments early on? It Essentially, you'd be punished with life in prison, a felony, for having uh, sex outside of marriage in the state of Michigan. Well... This is what happens when you let Christians make the laws. Mm. Interesting observation, and thank you for the call, Kurt. We appreciate it, sir. 800-259-9231. In a ruling sure to make philandering spouses square, Michigan's second highest court says that anyone involved in an extramarital fling can be prosecuted for first-degree criminal sexual conduct, a felony punishable by up to life in prison. Now, the judge in this case said, we can't help but question whether the legislature actually intended the result that we reach here today, but we're curtailed by the language of the statute from reaching any other conclusion. Technically, he added, any time a person engages in sexual penetration in an adulterous relationship, he or she is guilty of CSC-1, the most serious sexual, sexual assault charge in Michigan's criminal code. Wow. Then they need to rewrite their criminal code. No one expects prosecutors to declare open season on cheating spouses. The ruling's especially awkward for Attorney General Mike Cox, whose offered tr- uh, office triggered it by successfully appealing a lower court's decision to drop CSC charges against a Char- uh, Charlevoix defendant. In November 2005, Cox confessed to an adulterous relationship. So the Attorney General himself confessed to an adulterous relationship. Murphy's opinion received little notice when it was handed down, but it has since elicited reactions ranging from disbelief to mischievous giggling in Michigan's gossipy legal community. The ruling throws out, uh, grows out of a case in which a Charlevoix man accused of trading Oxycontin pills for sexual favors of a cocktail waitress was charged under an obscure provision of Michigan's criminal law. The provision decrees that a person is guilty of first-degree criminal sexual conduct whenever sexual penetration occurs under circumstances involving the commission of any other felony. Uh, a judge sentenced the man to up to four years in prison after he pleaded guilty to two felony counts of delivering a controlled substance, but then threw out the sexual assault, assault charge against Waltonen, citing the cocktail waitress's testimony that she had willingly consented to the sex for drugs arrangement. Prosecuting attorney said he decided to appeal after police discovered that he may have stuck, struck drugs for sex deals with several other women. The office, which handled the, the appeal on the prosecutor's behalf, insisted that the waitress's consent was irrelevant. All that mattered, the attorney general argued, uh, in a brief demanding the charge be reinstated, was that the pair had sex under circumstances involving the commission of another felony. The attorney general's office got a whole lot more than it bargained for. The court of appeals agreed that the prosecutor needed only to prove that the OxyContin delivery and the consensual sex were related. 
But Murphy and his colleagues went further, ruling that a first-degree CSC charge could be justified when consensual sex occurred in conjunction with any felony, not just a drug sale. And then it, it goes on. I, I'm not sure how exactly they, they ended up tying it into uh, the, adultery. the adultery charge. but uh, That's and, what they're claiming. Yeah, that's, that's what they're claiming. Bur- Murphy's opinion questions whether state lawmakers really meant to authorize the prosecution of adulterers for their consensual relationships. Sounds to me like it's one of those old laws that's sort of been on the books for a while. You know, one of those ancient sex laws. Well, I'd... Like you can't have sex with a horse in, uh, in the... On Main Street, those kinds of laws. I, <laughs> I don't know that they. Uh, I, I don't know if I've heard that law in particular. Uh, usually, laws are written o- over an incident, and hopefully, that one has never occurred. But um, you know, this is a. It, if you can be charged with a uh, f- first degree felony, is that what it was? A first degree felony for having uh, consensual adulterous sex. Yeah. Yeah, they need to change that law. Let's go to Johnson in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, I just uh, I wanted to ask a question, Ian. Uh, what did you say your argument was about atheists and agnostics? You said something about uh, people being born atheists. Yeah, well, you you can't be born with a belief in God, so you're naturally born. Um, well, doesn't that also hold true that you can't be born with a belief that there is no God? That you can that only would be, be born true. Agnostic, right? You'd I be born without knowledge. I suppose that would be the case. Yes, but then oh, when so someone presents, really, you're born agnostic. Yeah, I guess you're right about atheist. that. Yeah, I guess yeah. you're right about that. But then when yeah. somebody actually presents to you the concept of a god, um, I guess... You can say, I don't know, and I have no idea, and neither do you. And be a strong agnostic. Well, I okay, I see where you're coming from on that. Sounds like you're pwned. Yeah. Thanks for the call. <laughs> 800-259-9231 is the Packet 8 toll-free line for you. When someone makes a claim and it's clear that it's BS, I call BS on it. So I guess I'm an atheist. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free. Number for you, 800-259-9231. That's the Packet 8 toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features. We give them away that we do ask that you voluntarily support us by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com and join the over 320 Free Talk Live listeners who have become Free Talk Live amplifiers for as little as 3 bucks a month. The program is simple. You send us 3 bucks a month, and we turn it around into promoting Free Talk Live, getting it on more radio stations, getting more Internet listeners on board, and thereby spreading the message of freedom and liberty around the world. So if that's important to you, and you want to get your hands on some perks as well, head over to amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. To the phones, to Sergey in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Great, Sergey. Hey. What's on your mind? Um, I was just thinking, I was listening to a podcast, like an older podcast, um, maybe a few months ago, and I heard you guys say, talking about the Texas, that um, if Texas, if we could choose, you know, who to pay, what to pay Texas to, basically, and you were talking about sort of like the military and how a lot of the Texas go to the military, Yeah. that um, we'll, we'll be, we would be able to choose a side if we wanted to, mm-hmm. and um, do you remember saying that, or... I don't remember. I don't. I, don't I, I haven't figured out what you're talking about yet. Hey, he's suggesting well, that we were talking about it. Just I guess generally being able to have more control over where your taxes go. Yeah, but then you were saying that you could like um, choose a side, and that kind of um, made me think. Let's say during the war in Iraq, um, we could choose whether to give our taxes to, let's say, the our military or um, like a military that we would be against our. Um, 
against what we do. Like, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Well, but... now, I wouldn't suggest that you be able to choose where to send your taxes to. The... I thought that's what I heard you were saying. But, I so think that gonna... I don't know exactly what you heard, and it's obviously it's a lo- an old show, and I don't remember what it was. But um, my position would be that you should be able to keep all of the money you earn and then send it where you want to send it. So if you want to send it to back up the freedom fighters in Africa, then you can send it there. If you want to send it to people in Iran or North Korea or uh, the United States, wherever uh, wherever the group is that you want to support, you would be able to send your own money there on a voluntary basis. Taxes wouldn't need to be involved for that. Well, then there wouldn't be Texas, right? Like, that would basically. be that would be ideal. Yes. Oh, okay. Then I kind of get it because it was kind of controversial what I what I understood from it. Right. It would be absurd to suggest that you should uh, that the the U.S. government would ever uh, take money from people and then allow themselves to be directed. And you could. I mean, it's silly to think that the U.S. government would allow you to say, "Okay, you can take my money, uh, but you only can give it to the people in Israel." Uh, but yeah, you can only give it to the people in South Korea, and they're not going to take direction like that. They're an armed group of bandits taking your money, and they'll do what they want with it. But if, what if someone decides to give it to the other side, not to the Israeli side, but to the Arab side, right? Would that be possible? I think you should be uh, free to give your own money to whoever you like in the entire world. Now, it's actually, I think, not legal to support certain... Um, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, that's weird, isn't Certain it? groups. Well, no, it's not weird. It's the U.S. government protecting itself. But then, wouldn't you think that, let's say... I give my money to the Israeli army, like generally speaking, and my neighbor Bob or something gives his money to, um, let's say the Arab, like the you know the Iraqi soldiers or mm-hmm. something. Then you know me and Bob would have um, you know a conflict between us, and if you multiply it out, you know that could be like just basically the country you know splitting into two groups. You know those who give money to those kind of people and the, the ones that give the money to the Iraqi people. I think most know? people wouldn't give any money to anybody uh, for fighting wars. I think that's I know true. I wouldn't. But then wouldn't you think that um, the military of America would become so small it would be useless? Hip-hop hooray, as far as I'm concerned. I've got no use for it. Now, Mark, on the other hand, supports the idea of a, uh, of a military. But uh, I, I don't have any use for the military. When's the last time they protected me? Well, that's true. But it's, I, I don't think you should be saying it like that because, let's say... Um, Why? Because someone will get offended? Well, no, 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 no. Absolutely not. I'm saying it because it's just... I don't really agree with it because, let's say... If we, if people choose not to give taxes to the army, and only like two percent of the population would give their tax, would give some money to the army, one day, like I don't know, um, Canada or I'm just <laughs> would like decide to, uh, you know, Come be on. like, oh, America looks like a nice piece of land, you know, that's let's go silly. Capture it. No, there's I mean, a reason you know why I mean? that wouldn't work. There's a reason why it wouldn't work, and I suggest that you take a look at the Second Amendment to uh, the U.S. Constitution to understand it. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, nobody wants to come in and take over a country. With uh, with ground troops that is full of armed citizens, it's just well, they're just yeah, not going to they're yeah, just I not going to do that. it. And well, if those armed that. citizens are free individuals as they should be, they'll be free to get together and form militias with one another and purchase and you know pool their money together, get contributions and buy a defensive equipment. So people that feel like you do, the the people that are scared that they're going to get invaded, would get well, together voluntarily and defend. You know I mean. Huh? I'm, well, I'm just generally saying it, but um, like, well, it, I have to agree that it wouldn't be it wouldn't be as organized as I mean the way it is right now. Like, I'm not saying it's very good, but thank like, goodness you, it wouldn't be as as organized. Decentralization is more effective. Look in Iraq. Look at Iraq. I mean, look at what you've got there. You've got the biggest, most powerful military in the world, the United States military, going up against a ragtag, decentralized group of insurgents that are t- you know tying bombs together with shoelaces. 
I mean, yeah, these I people, right, on that. Yeah. right? They're they're decentralized. There's no one guy. You can't take out one dude and end the conflict. The, mm-hmm. the more people you kill, the more people get active in the decentralized uh, defense, and that is the insurgency. And the same thing would happen here if an organized group of of uh, military soldiers from another country invaded the United States, they'd be up against a bunch of decentralized militias that would take arms up against the invaders, and they wouldn't stand a chance. Yeah, well, you don't yeah, need to have a military bureaucracy. More, but... You don't need to have a military bureaucracy spending billions of dollars to have effective defense. Iraq proves it. Yeah, well, yeah, it kind of got me thinking now. Any other thoughts, <laughs> Sergey? Well, I just wanted to say I'm from Illinois, Naperville, and um, around here we just had a smoking law passed. Mm. Like you were talking about a while ago, and now, like, a bunch of people that own businesses aren't very happy, you know? Too late now. Home businesses? Yeah, Hold on, you can't... No, they own businesses. Oh, I'm sorry. People that own businesses. Too late <laughs> like, now. I, they, they, I, I doubt any of the unhappy businessmen will actually do anything about it. Well, let, let's say my dad's my friend's dad. He used to own a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Like, he owns it now, but I think he's going to sell it. And he had horrible food, but a lot of... But you could smoke in there. Okay. And people would rather go there instead of a place with, you know, better food. Sure. And now when you clo- when you can't smoke there anymore, obviously they're going to go to Baker Square or something. You know right, they're I mean? going to go to Aurora or something. Uh, you know, the people, um, the business owners are. Some of them are going to say, "I don't want to be here," and they're going to pick up and move off to Aurora or someplace else. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, it's a shame that more people who oppose smoking bans don't actually do anything about it. That is, maybe stage civil disobedience in their restaurant, refuse to pay the fines, that sort of thing. Yeah, but, it's ridiculous. So many people here have signs outside their houses. You know. We support smoking-free Naperville, you know. What the Ew. heck is up with that? It's just What a bunch ridiculous. of Nazis. Get to the free state. Forget about <laughs> uh, Illinois. It's a lost cause. Thanks for the call, man. We Thank appreciate you. it. 800-259-9231. Man, the rest of the states are a lost cause. Pretty much, yeah. Let's talk to Abel in Nebraska. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Abel. Hey, gentlemen. Nice to hear from you. I love your show. I really do. I just found it recently, the, uh, the podcast. Super. I'm really impressed with it, you know. Glad you're on board. Uh, What's on your mind tonight? Well, you know, I was, I was, uh, uh, I'm working towards uh, uh, developing a, a martial philosophy that would, uh, you know, allow people to, to to fight against the government and not have to necessarily take up arms. You know, there's a, uh, you know, I'm a student of strategy and of hmm. martial arts, and I really think that, you know, a, a person with a with a warrior type mentality, a martial mentality, is a free person. But what I'd like to uh, uh, recommend is that, you know, perhaps we could organize something maybe over the Internet uh, where, you know, we could we could get a large percentage of the population together to go to the banks on a specific day of the, of the year and just withdraw every last cent of their money from the banks. What would happen to the economy? What message would it send to the government who, who – basically is controlling our economy because we don't have a free market what message would it send if, if you know everybody went to the banks on a specific day we had a bank national bank run net run day hmm. we went in there and yanked all of our cash out of the banks i don't happened? think that's an interesting question uh first of all i don't know if you'd be able to get enough people to do it to have an effect secondly i don't know even if you did get a bunch of people to do it if it would have any more of an effect than just making people angry as they waited in line to to uh, remove their money, because the the banks, the banking system, and the money uh, the money system isn't backed by anything anymore. So it's not like you're actually pulling anything out of the bank. You're just pulling pieces of paper out. So I don't know well, if it would have. Know, a... I, I know that it it, it exasperated the, uh, the 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 effects of the of the stock market crash in the Great Depression when people ran, you know, made a run on the banks and tried to pull all of their money out of the system. 
you know, because... The, but the money was still backed back then. Yeah, but, it, you know, yeah. and it wasn't bad for the banks. It was bad for the people that couldn't get their money out. Well, you know, do you, do you think that it would... Well, I'm, you know, I, perhaps I was wrong. Perhaps it wouldn't have the effect that I thought it would, you know. And, it and might I, be, you know, it might be worth trying, but I don't know, you know, if you're going to be able to get people to do it. It would take you know, a, I, it would take like a lot for me to get my money out of, um, you know, the the different places that it's it's currently at. I mean, I'd have, I, I've got mutual fund um, shares to sell, stocks to sell, options that I'd have to liquidate. You know, there's several banks. I mean, it wouldn't be easy. Back when the banks actually had to have reserves of gold and silver, it would have had a devastating effect. Today, yeah, I don't think know, not so much. You know, I I I just like to think. No, there's, there's, we can't, we haven't been able to, to, to win any for, sort of freedom. I know, and that's why we're, that's why the Free State Project is the answer. Abel, call us again, man. Hour three's on the way. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're kicking off hour number three, and you can take control of the airwaves. Toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. That is the Packet8.net toll-free line for all your voice over IP needs. Packet8.net, Ian here with you. And Mark. Once again, that toll-free number, 800-259-9231. We're going to start things out this hour by talking about the banning of X. No, not banning of ecstasy. That's already been banned. Not the banning of sex. Not the banning of triple X, but the banning of X. What's going on, Mark? Um, I checked this story out, and if you don't believe it, you're wrong. The letter X, <laughs> <laughs> the letter X may soon be banned in Saudi Arabia because it resembles the mother of all banned religious symbols in the oil kingdom, the cross. Hmm. The new development came with the issuing of another mind-bending fatwa, or religious edict, by the infamous Commission for the um, Promotion of Virtue and Prevention of Vice the group of senior Islamic clergy that reigns supreme in all legal, um, civil, and governance matters in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. The commission's damning of the letter X came in response to a Ministry of Trade query about whether it should grant trademark protection to a Saudi businessman for a new service carrying the English name Explorer. No, was the commission's categorical answer. Why? Well, Never mind that none of the so-called scholars manning the upper ranks of the religious outfit can speak or read a word of English. But their experts who examined the English word explorer were struck by how suspicious that X appeared. <laughs> In a kingdom where, fri- where Friday preachers re- routinely refer to Christians as pigs and infidel crusaders, even a twisted cross ranks as an abomination. So, after awaiting a year, the Saudi businessman, um, um, Amur Muhammad Fasil, got his answer. No, but like so many other Saudi businessmen who suffer from the travesties of the commission, he seemed more baffled than angry. He wrote letters to the Saudi newspaper to criticize the cockamamie logic. An article he wrote appeared with his photograph in some um, Arabian websites. It sarcastically invited the commission to expand its edict to the plus sign in mathematics (laughs) and accounting in order to prevent filthy (laughs) Christian conspiracies from infiltrating our thoughts, our beliefs, and our feelings. Wow. This would have been funny had it not been so sinister. The Saudi Commission has shaped life and death, declaring jihad against Soviet soldiers in Afghanistan, banished women from public life, and forced piety at the tip of a a whip and sword. Its edicts have 
hindered business, education, travel, women's rights, and life itself, creating a fertile ground for terrorism, producing the 15 Saudis who participated in the September 11, 2001 attacks, and many others like them. Among the commission's deeds is its famed 1974 fatwa issued by the blind leader at the time, Sheikh Abdulaziz bin Baz, who declared that the earth was flat and immobile. <laughs> In wow. a book, yeah. These guys are democratically elected? No, they're religious leaders. Oh. I, I thought Saudi Arabia was a democracy. Supposedly. No, no. It's a, Saudi Arabia is a monarchy. Which one of them over there is a democracy? There's one of them. I thought. Hmm. Uh, Israel? India. India? Indi- India, is, India is democratic, but it's not, really, it's not in the Middle Central Asia. Yeah, that's not yeah. in the Middle East. That's in the Indian subcontinent. Right. Um, yeah, this is ludicrous. I don't know if there's a uh, uh, an issue. Particularly. Wait, so they didn't actually ban the letter X? They banned this. They they wouldn't approve this guy's business. They wouldn't accru- approve this guy's business letter X because of it. the name and the X that was in the name. Right. Because they thought that people would relate it to Jesus. I guess. <laughs> I don't know what Explorer has to do with Jesus, but they can't really... Hey. Yeah, they don't really read. So this is what happens when religious uh, people get in control of government. Uh, yeah, it's, it really it just shows how ludicrous, arbitrary um, things can be when mm-hmm. you, you, know, you assume that the government's going to take care of some particular area, which is licensing businesses, that they might do a good job in it. And, right. you know, here's what can happen. Yeah, do you These people are over? nuts, but don't think that there aren't crazy things that happen here. There are. You just don't hear about a lot of them. I mean, a lot of societies would consider not being able to pay for sex um, between two consenting adults ludicrous. Yeah. But you can't do that in 49 out of 50 states. It's and true. Some places in Nevada, too. Yeah. So when you turn over regulation to the government, this is what you get. You get absurd rules. You get silliness. And you get denials of people being able to uh, to run their businesses in the way they want to. I mean, the market would have been easily been able to handle this if indeed Saudi Arabians, if this guy had opened up his, what was it, extreme business? I don't even remember. Yeah, it was called Explorer. Explorer. Uh, well, if he opened up his business and the majority of Saudi, uh, uh, Saudi Arabians, or the vast majority, were offended by the fact that there was an X in his business's name, then they didn't have to give him their business. They don't have to go and patronize him. Let the market decide these things. Can I mean the market can handle it? Oh, apparently they don't trust the market. And no. here's here's another instance of them not trusting. One of the most criminal travesties committed by the commission's foot soldiers, the Matawin, or religious police, was dramatically reported by the uh, muzzled Saudi press itself on Friday, March the fifteenth, two thousand and two, when the Matawin forcibly prevented girls fleeing a burning school from leaving the building because they were improperly dressed. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the day after, the Saudi Gazette newspaper quoted witnesses as saying the police stopped men who tried, to, <laughs> who tried to help the girls, warning the men it is sinful to approach them. Of the 800 teenage pu- pu- pupils in Mecca, 15 burned to death and more than 50 were injured. Wow. Yet the commission and its royal enablers thrive. Amazing. It is amazing. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Your thoughts on as as we continue in this country uh, down a path towards more combining of religion and government, and it's not something we want, and it's not something that you want even if it's your religion, even if you are a good Christian or you you consider yourself a Christian and you're seeing more and more so-called Christians get in charge of the government. You think, well, this is just great. Christians are in charge of the government. Well, eh, it's not so great, because eventually you're going to get somebody in there that's going to pass some religious-based laws. That says women aren't allowed to go outside of the house without wearing a hat. Or whatever. 
and uh, some other people are going to get angry about it, and it's going to cause some more d- division. It's going to cause more strife amongst the individuals in this country. Religion and government don't belong together. Government on its own is bad enough. We don't need to get religion mixed in. Speaking of bad government, Washington, according to the L.A. Times, by the time the Vietnam War ended in 1975, it had become America's longest war, shadowed the legacies of four presidents, killed 58,000 Americans, along with many thousands more Vietnamese, and cost the United States more than $660 billion in today's dollars. So, adjusted for inflation, more than $660 billion. By the time the bill for World War II passed the $600 billion mark, by mid-1943, the United States had driven German forces out of North Africa, devastated the Japanese fleet in the Battle of Midway, and launched the vast offensive that would liberate Europe and the South Pacific. The Iraq War is far smaller and narrower than both of those conflicts, and it has not extended beyond the tenure of a single president, but its price tag is beginning to reach historic proportions. And the budgetary burn rate for Iraq might be greater than in some periods past in past wars. If U.S. if U.S. involvement continues on the current scale, the funding for the Iraq War, combined with the conflict in Afghanistan and other foreign fronts in the war on terrorism, is projected to surpass this country's Vietnam spending next year. And the accumulating cost is added to uh, adding to resistance to President Bush's war policy in Congress, as well as in public opinion, even though concern about cost in human lives, the war's impact on America's place in the world, and other such factors loom larger. So we're getting to a pretty historical point here, Mark. $600 billion is around where they're gonna, I mean, we're going to be surpassing World War II and Vietnam in spending on this Iraq conflict. Well, we already have in, in their dollars, but uh, soon we'll be surpassing in inflated, them, dollars. in inflated dollars. Yeah, that's uh, that's big news. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, how many nations did we fight in World War II? Uh, three? A lot. Across a large-scale um, conflict. Yeah, I mean, on f- several continents. This and is one little country in middle the Middle East, right. and we've, we've dumped all this money into it. I mean... Uh, With no plans to get out. I don't know. Just, They're committing just more seems, troops. You know, World War II, when you look at it, at the very least, you can say, we're saving, we were saving the Jews. You know, I, I, what's the point of this Iraq conflict? I've, I don't know. I, I, I've heard so many different uh, points, and all of them, you know, they don't One rebutted, come to the fruition. next rebutted. Right, yeah. they did come to fruition anyway, and, and I just feel so cheated, so lied to on this. Last week, when Bush unveiled his new war plan, which included sending an additional 21,500 U.S. troops to Iraq and launching another effort to provide jobs and public services in Baghdad, the cost issue was raised by Republicans as well as Democrats. But it, uh, it had been simmering for more than a year. More on the way, 800-259-9231 is the Packet 8 toll free line for you. You can take control of the airwaves. Also coming up, what happens when a website, a pirate website, is going to possibly buy a country. Could it happen? They're working on it, and we'll give you the details on the way. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231, the packet 8 toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We've got live streams. There's a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both of them waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. Plus, what's your liberty issue? Is it the right to bear arms? Well, register now for the February 2007 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. 
Panelists include pro-Second Amendment New Hampshire state representatives and gun organizations, as well as Bill West, uh, Westmiller, the national chairman of the Republican Liberty Caucus. Visit freestateproject.org slash libertyforum for more information and to get registered. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum, talking about how in adjusted dollars, adjusted for inflation, the Iraq conflict is set to surpass the, both the Vietnam and, the, and World War II. Uh, because apparently we spent over $600 billion in World War II, and we spent over $600 billion in Vietnam, both in adjusted dollars, adjusted for inflation. And according to estimates, within the next, I think by next year or sometimes ne- sometime next year, the Iraq War will surpass that number. And we are on a fast track towards it. Now, of course, if you talk to the representatives in Washington, D.C., they make all kinds of excuses. The article goes to interview uh, Senator Judd Gregg from New Hampshire, and he sort of critiques Congress and the president a little bit by saying that they aren't really paying much attention to how they're spending the money. But then you go to Representative Bill Young of Florida, a top Republican in the House Appropriations Committee, and he says, if you cut off funding, you're cutting off support for the troops. Mm. That doesn't really say anything about um, how much this war has cost and therefore how um, inefficient the prosecution of this war has been. You don't want to support the troops. No, I don't want to support the stupid politicians that have wasted the money entirely in this. You know, I don't support the war now. And therefore, I don't support the troops. But if this war had been uh, fought, at, you know, if they would have pulled everyone out at a mission accomplished, a lot more of Americans would have thought that this war was worth it. Whether you support the battle they're involved in or not, the vast majority of the American public is still very supportive of our troops. Well, I don't know. Um, the vast majority of the American public is, I think, turning against the war effort. And I think that means that they support the idea of bringing the troops home, but I don't think they necessarily support the idea of continuing to put the troops in harm's way. I would I, concur with I that. don't think most Americans feel that way. I, I would totally agree. 800-259-9231 is the toll-free number. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever you want, like William in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, guys. Hey there. What's on your mind? I just wanted to say real quick, when I uh, purchase my textbooks for this semester, mm-hmm. I'm going to enter Amazon.com through your website. Wow, awesome. So you're going to go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Yes. Great. That uh, that gives us a percentage of your sale. Much appreciated. So what else is and on your mind? with textbooks, is how expensive they are, it'll give you uh, <laughs> quite a bit. Heck yeah, um, and you've, you've got to have them, so right on. Exactly. Thank you. Um, I just want to uh, um, speak out in um, defense of Christians, because I am a pro-liberty Christian, Mm -hmm. and I think that I would be an excellent candidate um, in any election, um, because it doesn't matter whether you're um, Christian, uh, Muslim, atheist, agnostic, I believe that we were still endowed by our creators, uh, by our creator, with certain inalienable rights. Yeah, well, I agree with you. I see where you're coming from. You're uh, responding to a segment earlier this hour where we pointed out that we were a little bit concerned with uh, Christians getting in control of government. I suppose we should have been more clear um, with anyone of of any religious persuasion getting in control of government who wants to use that government to impose their religious uh, beliefs 
on others or to create programs to support their religious beliefs or to enrich their uh, religious buddies. And I think that uh, there's an exception to be made for anybody of a pro-liberty mindset, because whether you're a pro-liberty Muslim or Christian or whatever, you're going to get into office, hopefully, and reduce the size of government, not create new beneficial programs for your religion. Uh, I, yes, exactly. And my, the, what I believe, as far as Christianity, I don't believe that Christ wanted us to serve two masters, both him and government. Sounds and, good to me. And when, um, you know, if you look at the people that Christ condemned throughout his life, it wasn't the um, the sinner, right. the uh, the average person. It was the the religious leaders, the Pharisees, and it was the politicians, the Sadducees. I mean, well, well said, and we should have made that clarification. And and William, thank you for the call. We appreciate it, sir. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Phone had sort of a popping sound, weird popping. Sound. I know you hate that those audio problems. Yeah, one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So there's a country for sale, Mark. I've got to hear this story. This sounds amazing. It's a it's a country we've actually talked about before on this program. And the Swedish file-sharing website, the Pirate Bay, is planning to buy it. This from the local in Sweden. It's a, a Swedish news source. The group has set up a campaign to raise money to buy Sealand, a former British naval platform in the we North have Sea about this. that has been designated a micronation and claims to be outside the jurisdiction of the United Kingdom or any other country. The Pirate Bay says it's the world's largest BitTorrent tracker and is a popular way of sharing music, film, software, and other copyrighted material online. It's been under the scrutiny of authorities in Sweden and around the world for some time. The site was briefly closed down after raids of the Swedish, by the Swedish police last May. We talked about those. After initially moving to the Netherlands, the site returned to Sweden in June. Swedish authorities have been under pressure to do more to stop the website. The Motion Picture Association of America and the Swedish Anti-Piracy Bureau, as well as the U.S. government, have all lobbied for the Pirate Bay's closure. According to a website set up to secure the purchase of Sealand, the Pirate Bay plans to give citizenship of the micronation to anyone willing to put money towards the purchase. Pirate Bay said it should be a great place for everybody with high-speed Internet access, no copyright laws, and VIP accounts to the Pirate Bay. The organization claims on its website, buysealand.com. Now, what does citizenship do for you? Does it, get, it doesn't give you a piece of land at Sealand. Heck no, there's not much there. It's a military platform. So what is citizenship is, it's, I don't know, what the same as being uh, designated a Jedi Knight by George Lucas. Probably. Okay. The island of Sealand, seven miles off the coast of southern England, was settled in 1967 by an English major, Patty Roy Bates. Bates proclaimed Sealand a state, issuing passports and gold and seal, uh, gold and silver Sealand dollars and declaring himself Prince Roy. When the British Royal Navy tried to evict Prince Roy in 1968, <laughs> a judge ruled that the platform was outside British territorial waters and therefore beyond government control. The British government subsequently extended its territorial waters from 3 to 12 nautical miles from the coast, which would include Sealand, but Prince Roy simultaneously extended Sealand's waters, claimed uh, <laughs> Prince Roy simultaneously extended Sealand's waters, claimed that this guaranteed Sealand sovereignty. The island is now being... I don't know what that means, but... Um, well, if you can extend your government's um, domain, so, so can he. So so he extends his government. Did, did he claim uh, Britain for his own? I don't think so. That'd be great. The island <laughs> is now being put up for... I don't think he wanted to fight Britain. Uh, the oh. island is now being put up for sale by Prince Roy's son, Prince Michael, who styles himself <laughs> the head of state. A firm of Spanish estate agents has valued the island at about uh, 504 million pounds 
although Prince Michael told the Times of London that it's hard to gauge how much it will fetch in reality. The Pirate Bay says it's looking for alternatives, or at alternatives, to buying the formal naval platform. Quote, if we don't get enough money required to buy the micronation of Sealand, we'll try to buy another small island somewhere and claim it as our own country. Sealand is an interesting place, and it's got an interesting history. They sent, There's already Internet operations there. They're already hosting um, questionable websites like gambling sites and that sort of thing, things that other countries don't want on their own territory. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231 is the packet 8.net toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the uh, map, the listener map. Thousands. Uh, over. I think we're close probably to 2,000, but the, the number's harder to find, and I haven't dug around for it in a, in a little while. But anyway, well over 1,700 of our listeners from around the world have added themselves to our listener map at map.freetalklive.com. And you can go there and see who they are or add yourself to it. That's map.freetalklive.com. Like everything else on our website, it is totally free. As we go to the phones and to Dave in New Hampshire, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, gentlemen. Hey, Dave. What's up? I have our development to report in the Ed Brown situation. Okay. Um, Ed apparently did not appear as scheduled on a uh, radio talk show he was going to be hosting. He- not, not hosting, but he was going to be a guest on a, some some talk show. Okay, I, I saw your post, actually. We've we've covered the Brown trial extensively over the past couple shows, and just to recap, it's a couple of older folks, people in their uh, probably in their 60s. They're being persecuted, prosecuted by the federal government for so-called tax evasion charges, uh, conspiracy charges as well. They are refusing to return to trial, and there could be some sort of an armed standoff that, uh, that occurs as of tomorrow. We're going to keep you informed on this, but I saw your post about that at NH3.com, and then shortly afterwards, someone also posted... Uh, Kathleen, I believe, posted that she was listening to Ed Brown being interviewed on another radio show this hour. So it's, it sounds like he's he's still there. Okay, good. Because I called him twice this afternoon and wasn't able to get through either. Um, so that's a good sign. Um, it, it, had, it had occurred to me that there could have been some kind of a preemptive raid, you know, before any kind of organization mm-hmm. could take place. Um, that so, might be one motive that they might have, but they might not feel that they have cause to do that. Now, Dave, you've been uh, you've been attending the trial throughout the last week, or at least uh, on and off. I'm not sure how many days you were there, but what is the feeling that you've gotten so far from how the the, the courtroom trial has gone with Ed Brown uh, characterizing it as a kangaroo court? Yeah, I think uh, I think that's probably accurate. They usually are kangaroo courts, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'm not. I didn't. I haven't been inside the courtroom for a long period of time, and I'm not very good at deciphering what's going on with you know the, the details of a court trial. So uh, I mean, you know, I know that the um, the judge is refusing to allow him to you know present most of his evidence, and he's uh, the judge is also giving instructions to the jury that they are not allowed to consider the validity of the law, which of course is not accurate. Right. A, a jury has the power to throw out anything for any reason. So the Browns are, are pretty upset about that, and uh, as a result, they offered a, a they offered a deal to the feds that they would be willing to pay the money that the feds claim that they owe. But the pe- feds apparently, as of today, rumor has it that they've turned down the deal, and so it looks like we're going to come to some sort of an impasse here tomorrow, Dave. What do you expect? Uh, what do you think is going to happen? 
Uh, it would seem like, you know, the most conventional, uh, like, like I would say, one of my predictions would be that the Federals would act before tomorrow in some form or fashion, which could mean they're acting right now, for all I know. Mm. Um, that's one theory I have. Uh, but on the other hand, um, if this process is allowed to just sort of, you know, go along, then I guess the most likely outcome would, that, would be that they would try them in absentia, and then after they're guilty, issue a, issue a bench warrant. That's another option. Or they could try them, or they could issue, issue a bench warrant immediately, haul them in in, uh, in the jail clothing, and then finish the trial that way. Right. Well, we know that, I think I think where um, Mark suggested earlier is probably likely to occur, where I think combining with your idea that they'll finish the trial in absentia, so they'll essentially, okay, well, they, they haven't come to defend themselves because they were defending themselves. They don't have a lawyer. They didn't come to defend themselves, so I guess their defense is rested. The prosecution will give their closings, uh, closing arguments, and the jury will go to deliberate. They'll come back, likely with a guilty verdict, because the judge will be telling them that they have to judge the, uh, judge the case based on the facts of the case and not the law itself. So they'll come back with a guilty verdict. They'll come back, and uh, and then they'll have to go and get the Browns. But they'll probably wait until there's nobody around, because there's expected to be people heading out there. I know Russell Canning, Laura, uh, Lauren Canario, some of the activists from here in the Keene area are planning on heading out that way tomorrow to show their support. But eventually, as the feds continue to wait them out, more and more people are just going to head home. And sooner or later, it's going to be just the Browns sitting in their home waiting for the conflict to occur, and the feds are going to go and try and snatch him up with no one else around. That's what I think we're sort of predicting. That's possible. It could take you know a, a month or two for to reach that point where things have died back down. Uh, right now, things have not really gotten that you know that intense yet, but there'll be you know more and more people. I think. I know we have dedicated activists, but I don't know how many of them are dedicated enough to hang around for a month. I, I don't expect that most of them would hang around for for over a week. We'll see. I mean, yeah. you know, depending on how much publicity it gets, it could generate more and more activists each week if we got, you know, very fortunate. But I don't know. That's an interesting theory. I, that could be one way that they'd try to do it. It's true. And I, I, I saw a story somewhere that I guess CNN has interviewed Ed Brown. I don't know if they've actually put it on television yet, but uh, it could blow up. I mean, I, I thought that they would try to shovel in, uh, shove it under the rug as much as possible. But I suppose it is possible that the if there's some sort of a conflict with the feds and the Browns, that this, this could blow up into international news. So we'll find out. I think out. it's possible. Dave, anything else on your mind? Uh, no, uh, I'm, uh, you know, I'll just be out. I'll be out in Concord probably tomorrow, demonstrating for them and maybe going for it. I don't know what'll be going on there. Uh, then I'll head to, to Lebanon too. But you're right. We should be thinking longer term here because this, you know, they might they might try to, to let things. Uh, blow over. Well, give us a call and uh, and let us know what happens tomorrow afternoon in, in case we don't get any other updates from anywhere else. And uh, that, that way we can find out if they did show up in the courtroom. If they didn't, you're going to be on the inside, so you'll probably hear them issue the warrant if they do indeed do that uh, tomorrow. So clue us in if you would, please, Dave. Hey, by the way, yeah. uh, uh, John Connell and I made the cover of the Concord Monitor a couple days ago. I saw that. Uh, when we were uh, demonstrating in favor of Ed Brown. So, I, uh, I thought that was excellent. The only thing yeah. I was a little bit disappointed was was that uh, John was standing in front of his own sign, so you no, couldn't well, actually see the... Uh, <laughs> we won't fire him. <laughs> yeah, you guys are great, and thanks for going out there and doing that. I, I really appreciate it, and I know a lot of the other Liberty activists that couldn't make it out. Maybe they have jobs. Um, they, I'm sure there was a lot of others who wanted to attend, but they, they just couldn't for various reasons. We're and still spinning up. Thank you, sir, and we'll talk Thank to you guys. again. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. He's, he's really just a great activist, you know. He's so dedicated. Yeah, both he, of them are. Yeah, he'll get out there. I mean, Ed Brown, um, the, the guy in question here, and his wife, they aren't Free State Project members. So it's not like 
John and uh, Dave are going out there to back up a Free State Project member. No, they're just backing up some people that are being prosecuted by the federal government. Wrongly so. And I think that's what's so great about this movement is if you're in trouble with the with the feds and you're in New Hampshire or you're in trouble with the state government or your local government, you're going to have allies that are going to rally to your defense. Maybe people you've never even met before in your entire life. Total strangers are going to show up, perhaps at your trial, at your arraignment, at your hearings, and they're going to stand in favor of you and they're going to defend you and they're going to remind the government that uh, you're you're not alone anymore. And I think that's really important. And it's something that you don't see happening really pretty much anywhere else in the country. So even though it was pretty much only Dave and John who are the only guys um, that were really there, I don't know if anybody else showed up maybe throughout the week, maybe a few other, a handful of others showed up. But even though it's just two people, that's two more than what you would have anywhere else, I think. And over time, that number's going to grow. Over time, as more free staters move into New Hampshire and more activists are on the ground, there's, it's going to be more likely that more people will be off work that particular day or able to take the day off and show up in favor of, of supporting you if you're the one that gets in trouble. You know, it, it, it's one of the advantages um, to, to, a, uh, you know, the, to the free state is that it puts a lot of libertarians in, um, on the ground in one place. It's not how I envision the free state project working. I envision it more um, as you know, taking taking the reins of government, um, you know, getting lots of free staters involved in government. and That's uh, what a number of them are doing. Yeah. And so there's different approaches, but nonetheless, if one of those free staters who's trying to take the reins of government is targeted by that very government for retaliation, for instance, I mean, for instance, Mark, we're going to be running some candidates here in Keene in 2007. You may be uh, included, I believe. And I am. it's not going to be a secret what we what we stand for. It's not going to be a secret that you're going to be running on a platform of lower, drastically lowering property taxes, of eliminating the parking meters, of or, or eliminating parking fines and that sort of thing. And these are things that threaten the existing power structure. So it's a very real possibility that the good old boy network is going to lash out. And it's a very real possibility that some of our candidates and supporters might be targeted for whatever trumped up reasons. It's true. And in that case... It's going to be good that there are other people of like mind around to come to your defense should you get targeted or should someone else be targeted by the people in authority, so-called. 800-259-9231. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it now. 800-259-9231 is the packet 8 toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Easy way to help support the show, considering we give you all the stuff on the site for free, is to vote for us. Head over to vote.freetalklive.com to cast your electronic ballot for the show, and doing so helps us because it keeps us in the top ten podcasts of the world. And since we're in the top ten podcasts, as we are right now, thanks to your votes, those of you who have voted so far, that means more new people coming across the message of freedom and liberty. So it's a great, easy way to advance freedom. Just go to vote.freetalklive.com and vote for Free Talk Live. So we were, we've were we been talking uh, quite a bit about the Ed Brown case, and I don't want to continue covering it right now because we've covered it to death tonight. There's no new developments, and we'll clue you in as soon as we know anything fresh. But that's sort of like the bad news going on here in New Hampshire, the fact that these nice old people are being threatened by the federal government within our state. It could be going on anywhere. Yes, it could very well be going on anywhere. You know, um, the Free State Project's just getting rolling here. I mean, it's correct. 140-something. Something Something like that. People people have moved. moved. 
So that's the bad news, but I want to give you a quick update on the good news uh, here in New Hampshire, at least the good news this week, because there's new good, new good news always coming out uh, of this state. And the good news is that HB 92, a decriminalization of marijuana ballot, or not ballot measure, but a, a, a piece of legislation, is coming up in a committee for hearing on Wednesday morning. And the news broke on this last week. We talked about it on the show. Dennis called in from New Hampshire to alert us to it. And people have been taking action. Over the weekend, there has been a website launched, nhcommonsense.org, which is a website devoted to um, essentially reversing the anti, uh, anti-marijuana policies here in the state. That has launched, um, and that's good. I had gotten in touch with Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, because you and I, Mark, are going up to um, Concord on Wednesday to be in this hearing and possibly testify on behalf of this legislation. We are. So it'll be our first time doing something really that overtly political in, in the state. And so that should be interesting on its own. But it's not just you and I. It's people from all over the state that are all getting together, free staters and other liberty-minded individuals, all getting together in Concord at the state house or just outside of the state house in order to have a press conference and and essentially uh, appear on this panel or at, at this advisory board or whatever and uh, testify in favor of this legislation. And that's good. And there's going to be a bunch of people there, and that's excellent. A couple of law enforcement against prohibition guys, two of them, Jack Cole is going to be there, actually, and one guy from New Hampshire. So that's all the good news. But here's a little bit of bad news um, it, within this story. And it originates from one of our listeners, Toby, who wrote his local representative who is on this particular committee. This is the Public Justice, or uh, it's the Criminal Justice and Public Safety Committee. That's the committee that's going to be hearing the bill. Okay. And so one of the people in this area, in the Keene, New Hampshire area, one of the representatives that's on that committee, his name is Delmar Burridge. And Delmar was written by Toby. I'm going to read Toby's email first and then Delmar's response, just to get an idea of the opposition on this, because Delmar is opposed to legalizing marijuana. Toby says, Dear Representative Burridge, I hope you're in good health. I understand that you're on the Criminal Justice and Public Safety Committee, which is going to hear testimony this Wednesday on HB 92, decriminalizing marijuana. I know you're opposed to this bill, but I trust you can understand how important of an issue this is to many people, both in Keene and the rest of New Hampshire. I hope you'll consider passing it through committee so that all sides will have their chance to speak on it. New Hampshire has some of the most draconian legislation on marijuana, and hundreds of our friends and family members are being arrested for choosing to smoke instead of drink. Please think about passing this through the committee so everyone can listen to the opposition and have their chance to speak. Thank you very much. From Toby. Now, I thought that was a pretty diplomatic approach. You know, okay, you may be against this, but at least put it through the committee so everybody has a chance to talk about it. That was his approach. It does make some sense. He wrote me back. Dear Toby, my youngest brother, Albert, who I was very close to, died from head injuries sustained when he wrecked his car in West Virginia. His wife walked away. He was a triple major in college, biology, philosophy, and psychology, and was smoking a joint before the crash. It is all very vivid, including the anguish my parents went through. This occurred in the 1970s, and I still miss him. I began work as a juvenile probation officer in the oh, poorest section of Philadelphia in 1969, and the above-described experience pales to my on-the-job, eyeball-to-eyeball observation of family devastation that I saw daily. And these males were reefer users just like you. Now, Toby never said in his original email that he was a, a pot smoker. He just simply said that um, 
hundreds of our friends and family members are being arrested for their choosing to smoke instead of drink. He never said he smoked pot. Anyway, he said these males were reefer users just like you, saying the same dumb stuff just like you, and they were not smart college smart. I saw lots of blood and death. He just called Toby dumb. Uh, trust me, these campers were not uh, soon going to be setting the world on fire. Some did suffer severe burns. Last night, one of your buddies called me twice, even asking me to be on his television show, which is Free Minds TV, which I'm involved with mm-hmm. here in Keene, and you can actually see at freekeen.com because we've started putting episodes online. That's freekeen.com. He says, uh, he was yelling and screaming, and I hung up on him. You have to chill this guy out. I'll say to you what I said to three different callers. I will vote no on this bill and have lots of very chilling stories to relate to the other committee members, so it goes my way. Suggest to all your friends, be the designated driver when you're old enough to drink since you don't drink. I'll sign the bill that keeps tobacco out of the bars when it comes up in the house so you don't get secondhand smoke. Good Lord. I'm copying two... Get this. I'm copying two members of the Keene Police Department in case you want to change your ways and act legal and save your friends. You're very passionate in your beliefs and will make a great snitch. It's thrilling to dime on your so-called friends. Be healthy and be well. From Delmar Bur- uh, Burridge. Man, he just thinks the government can solve every problem there is. He's a sicko. Encouraging people to snitch out on their friends. And ratting him out to the Keene Police Department. Snitching out one of his own constituents who took the time to contact him. Mm. So is this Republican or Democrat? I don't know. Does it matter? He's I a power-mongering know. freak. Most of the people in the Keene area are Democrats. It's just the way it's a college town, so it's kind of got that bit of a socialist bend to it. But this could very easily be a Republican writing this. You know, one of those law and order types. He says he's he's a former cop for 35 years. This mm. guy. So we're going to meet him on Wednesday. Great. And we'll we'll be sure to let you know how our little meeting goes with Mr. Burridge. But I think it's important to... Uh, I wanted to read this just to, to point out the abuse that these representatives, so-called representatives, are dishing out to their constituents. And this this is... This is what you get when you can actually get in touch with your representatives. In many cases, in many states, you can't even talk to these guys. In many states, you'd never get an email back from your representatives. You're lucky if you can even talk to an aide in the office, some paid bureaucrat flunky. When you call up, you've called, I'm sure, your reps back when you lived in Florida, right, Mark? Um, I, State reps, I don't know, probably. Yeah, you're right, I've never called my state reps before. But uh, nonetheless, it's usually fairly difficult to get in touch um, with these guys. Uh, you know what I did? Uh, I did contact a state rep uh, for the Re- Republican Liberty Call. Did he get back with you? Uh, she wasn't in the office. I see. And didn't bother returning your call? I had spoken to her on a couple of occasions. Hmm. Well, in this case, here's what you get. You actually do get to get in touch with them. And in many cases in New Hampshire, they are liberty friendly. In many cases. And actually here in Keene, the guy who submitted the bill is another one of the representatives here. He's not liberty-friendly, but he's friendly to us on this issue. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it differs depending on who you talk to. But what hubris, what gall that you must have to treat somebody like that? He just knows better. He knows better, and you're stupid for suggesting otherwise. You're stupid is essentially what he just told our, our, our friend Toby, who's a listener and an amplifier to this show. I, 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 don't, I don't even know what to say about it. You're stupid, and I'm copying two members of the Keene Police Department of your email so they can investigate He's you. He's just an authoritarian that believes he knows better than you. It makes me sick. People like this need to get uh, be gotten rid of um, and need to be replaced as far as kick them out of office and put some pro-liberty people in their place. And that's what we're working towards here in New Hampshire. 
That's part of what the Free State Project is about, getting the anti-liberty people unelected and electing pro-liberty people who are going to pass HB 92 and other relevant legislation. So we're going to bring you the rest of the story on this as it develops. I'm not going in on Wednesday expecting miracles. No, I wouldn't expect them either. I'm not going in expecting... But you have to, you know, you have to go in when right. the issue is brought up. I'm not going in expecting anything. Even if you anything. expect to lose, and it, you know, if you expect to lose the smoking ban, you have to fight. Yeah. And that's what we're going to do. And I think it's going to be really interesting, because I doubt that Delmar Burridge is expecting anyone from law enforcement to be taking the pro-marijuana position. And there are going to be two law enforcement officers with decades of experience between them fighting the so-called war on drugs, who've now changed sides, have now come to our side and agree with us. Law enforcement against prohibition is going to be there. And so that's going to be a real interesting counter-argument to Mr. Delmar's emotional stories about people crashing cars from smoking joints. I'd say a lot more people have crashed cars from drinking beer, and that's legal. Yeah, and he's not calling for that being outlawed. No. More tomorrow night? Just a hypocrite. It's been Ian here with you. And Mark. Online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. We'll update you on anything fresh with the Ed Brown and Elaine Brown situation. Also, of course, the uh, anything else that breaks nationwide and worldwide, this is your show. It is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 